Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 19 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for this new day. Thank you for teaching us more about you and your ways. May our hearts be open to hear a fresh word from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Matthew 19, we read about a hard heart again. Jesus tells the Pharisee that because of the hardness of their hearts, Moses had permitted them to dismiss and divorce their wives. But from the beginning, it had not been so ordained. Well, I am not here to give anyone marital advice. I find it interesting, however, that Jesus talks about a hardness of heart again here in this chapter. We can pray continually that God would keep our hearts soft toward him so that we have understanding, that we have faith and compassion in our hearts. Later, Jesus has an interesting interchange with a man who asks Jesus what he can do, what deed he can do to possess eternal life. Jesus recited the Ten Commandments. The man had followed all of them. In verse 21, Jesus answered him, if you would be perfect, that is, have that spiritual maturity which accompanies self-sacrificing character, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. And come, be my disciple, side with my party, and follow me. Wow. Follow the commandments and sell everything we have and give it to the poor. Well, this is a tough one especially when we put so much worth and value in our stuff. The man went away sad, thinking he would not be able to etern attain eternal life, at least not under these circumstances. And I feel the same. However, Jesus later said that while it seems impossible for us, God, with him, everything is possible. There are some hard things in this chapter, things that we can go to God and ask him what his pleasure, his will is for us. Let's see what's happening in Acts chapter 19. Paul was in Ephesus and found some disciples. He asked them whether they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They had not. So Paul lay hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were given the gift of other languages and prophecy. As Paul continued to stay on there and teach, he was able to do many, many more miracles. I find verse 15 interesting in this chapter. It says, but one evil spirit retorted, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? There was an evil spirit who knew Jesus. Now every spirit will acknowledge Jesus as Christ one day. The spirit also knew who, who Paul was, probably because of all the preaching he did in Jesus' name. But this spirit did not recognize the sons of a Jewish priest who talked like they were operating in Jesus' name, but were not operating in his power. Well, this spirit was able to wound them very badly. They didn't know or believe in Jesus. We have to know that we are covered by Jesus' blood and that we are protected by him, unlike these men were here. Well, there was another uproar in this city. It occurred because a silversmith was afraid for his livelihood. Because of Paul's teaching, Paul taught against physical gods, so this man's income was at risk. 
However, after much ado, everyone was released and Paul went on his way. Now, fear is a dangerous thing and can cause riots just as this one occurred. We can look at what happened thousands of years ago and check ourselves to make sure we keep our own fear in check. Genesis chapter 37 brings us to Jacob's family, specifically his sons, who formed the nation of Israel as promised by God. God's faithfulness is shown here as he was faithful to his promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. He renewed that promise with both Isaac and Jacob. And in this chapter, we read about Jacob's son, Joseph, and how his brothers disliked him. To put it mildly, jealousy reared its ugly head here in this chapter. Joseph was Jacob's favorite. He was born to his beloved Rachel and even most closely resembled Jacob. Joseph had dreams about his family bowing down to him, which only increased the animosity his brothers had towards him. I can only imagine how that would have gone down. Brotherly love turned almost fatal. They planned to kill him, but Judah stopped the lethal act by suggesting he simply be sold into slavery. This way they would benefit financially and they would never, ever have to see him again. Well, that was their plan. We all know God has his plan. And we see Jake Joseph's misfortune here, but God used this misfortune for something quite different. No spoiler alerts, but as we read more about this story, let's remember God has a plan for us as well, even when the circumstances around us look dismal, even if they are dismal for years. God's plan will ultimately be for our good and his glory. Well, getting back to our story, Joseph is sold a couple times in this chapter. Moving on to chapter 38, we find Judah, the brother who tried to save Joseph. He had left his brothers and married a Canaanite. This was a big no-no in God's world. They didn't marry outside of their tribe. There's much discussion about why Judah separated from his family. Some say he lost his position as leader when he didn't rescue his brother Joseph. Even though he advocated for Joseph's life, he didn't actually save him. Some say he moved away because he couldn't handle seeing his father mourn. And others say it was God's plan all along. And we will see more as the story continues. One of his sons married a woman named Tamar. But he was a wicked man. So he was slain by the Lord, according to our scripture. Judah's next son married her, but didn't want to bear her a child because in those days, it would have been considered his deceased brother's son, not his own. He acted against God's will, so God slew him. Judah had one son left, but he was young, and he certainly didn't want to see a third son die. So he sent Tamar back to her father's house, promised her she would be married to him when he grew up. However, Judah did not make good on his promise, so Tamar deceived him. She deceived the deceiver. Even though she deceived Judah, he said she had more honor than he did because he wasn't true to his promise that she'd be given to his third son. Essentially, Jacob's sons were eliminated from the genealogy that Christ would be born in. Jesus' lineage was from Judah's tribe. Psalm 19 is one of praise written by David when he was anointed to be king by Samuel the prophet. He is estimated to be between the ages of 10 and 15, a boy, not yet a man. Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint him, but David was in the fields. And after Samuel had looked at all the men in the household, 
He told Jesse it wasn't any of them and asked if there were any more children. Jesse hadn't even thought of his son, David, until he was pushed on the matter. Interestingly, David writes about the sky, which he has certainly seen a lot of as a shepherd, both in the day and at night. Then he reads it, writes about the law of God and how it restores people to wholeness. I have verses 9 and 10 underlined in my Bible where he wrote, The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold even then much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. David's writings fill our minds with beautiful pictures, desiring God's ordinances or commands more than fine gold. And then he asks God to make him clean, clean from even his unconscious faults, faults he doesn't even know he has. He prays God keeps him from presumptuous or arrogant sins. And then one of his well-known verses, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and my redeemer. Ah, yes, Lord, let us pray. O Lord, thank you for the lessons in your word today. As King David prayed, may we honor you and praise you with both our mouths and our hearts. May we think on all the good and precious things about you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word. 